Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM Channel 233. I'm your host, Dr. Shira Johnson. When families begin looking into treatment options available for autism spectrum disorders, they'll be surprised to find out that there's many options out there. Today we are fortunate to be joined by Dr. Laura Schreibman, Distinguished Professor of Psychology and Director of the Autism Research Program at the University of California, San Diego. Welcome to the program, Dr. Schreibman. Thank you very much. How long have you been working with this disorder? I've been working in the area of autism since I was an undergraduate student at UCLA in the late 1960s, and I took a course where the professor worked with children with autism, and one day he brought into the lecture hall three children with autism, and that was it. I was hooked from that very minute. I saw those children, and they looked just like children. They were really cute and and darling, but they had none of the behaviors that I would typically associate with children, and I was just fascinated, and I had to know what's going on with these kids, why are, are they this way, and what can I do to help them. Can you tell us what is the, the age range of some of the children that you've worked with with this disease? I've worked with quite a range since most of my research involves treatment development, including parent training, of course, I'm constrained to work with children that would still be in the home. So I have worked with children anywhere from two years old or younger even uh, to about 18. When you work with these families, it, it must be very difficult for you and every other physician that works with these children. What do you see the families do upon diagnosis, and, and how do you guide them through their, their early days of dealing with this and the reactions? Well, it is a very difficult situation because it's a devastating diagnosis. Essentially, you're telling these parents when they're diagnosed that this is a lifespan disorder. We don't have a cure for autism. And what happens is, especially nowadays, since autism is so much in the media, these poor parents are absolutely inundated with information. And unfortunately, some of that information is wrong. So they get on some of these websites that promise for these snake oil kinds of treatments or these places that say they have to put their child on a gluten cassian free diet or they have to give the child mega vitamins or they have to do this that or the other which of course probably will have no effect so when i deal with parents i say okay i'm going to tell you these websites and you can't go to any other websites you have to stay on these and i typically will send them to government websites like the national institute of mental health has good websites or the autism society of america or Autism Speaks, which is a relatively new organization that has melded with Cure Autism Now, another organization. And these websites are, you know, monitored and only information that's really scientifically valid and helpful is on that kind of website. And that's really where I try to assure that they go. And as far as services, I try to say, We need to find out what's the best thing to do for your child now. I refer them to the local developmental disability center. It's called the Regional Center here in California. And this is an agency that is responsible for guiding parents through the maze of treatment, school situations, home help if they need help in the home with the child's behavior and so on, and to stay with these recognized organizations that are not susceptible to this snake oil kind of treatment that's out there. A lot of organizations out there that families join and they do get support from other families, but is there a downside to this also? 
There can be. I mean, the Autism Society of America is the main organization that has these support groups, and they have chapters in every state and cities. And they can be very, very helpful, very supportive, can give the parents a lot of advice on how to work in the home and even things like what, where to go for haircuts, where to go to a dentist, because these children have special needs, of course, in those areas. And the potential downside sometimes can be the fact that parents may pressure other parents to do certain things. There other possible downside is that sometimes some of these newer treatments that kind of spring up and are embraced immediately by parents that turn out to be invalid. You mentioned homeschooling or treatment at home, but is there any standardized treatments out there that the family should or shouldn't do? The only form of treatment that's been shown empirically, that is scientifically demonstrated to be effective with children with autism, is treatment based on a behavioral model. And a behavioral model just means based on the principles of learning. And that is the only form of treatment we know that's effective. So anybody that talks to you about any cures or drugs or diets or anything, absolutely there's no evidence to suggest that those have any major effect on the, the disorder. And behavioral treatments go by a number of names, everything from applied behavior analysis, which is actually more correctly called discrete trial training, which is a highly structured educational behavioral program to more naturalistic strategies like what we've developed called pivotal response training and other kinds of behavioral interventions. So it involves essentially manipulating the environment to change behavior. These kinds of treatments can have a tremendous effect on these children. Many of these children can do extremely well. A small percentage even become it's almost normal, or even normal maybe, but that would be the minority. But it's important to remember that although this is the best kind of treatment we have, it's not going to be that effective for all children. There's always going to be some children that don't respond to that form of treatment. Also, the emphasis on getting this treatment very young. Get these children into treatment as young as you possibly can. And that's had a huge effect. So it looks like if we can get kids that are two, three, four years old, and get them into these intensive treatment programs where they get intensive behavioral treatment that is tailored to the child's individual needs, then you're going to get the maximum treatment outcome. I'm hearing you say there's a very big role for the primary care pediatrician or physician taking care of these children to coordinate the treatment and to filter out some of the things that are out there that may or may not help that individual child and the family and yet be there for support. That's, that's correct, and I think that emphasizes the importance of pediatricians becoming quite knowledgeable in the area of autism, how to identify it very early and to get them referred to mental health professionals who can make a diagnosis, and also they need to be somewhat educated as to what the treatments are. What are the valid kinds of treatments? So when the parents come in there and say that they're trying, you know, facilitated communication or something, one of the bogus treatments out there, the pediatrician can say, I would recommend against that because that has not been demonstrated to be effective. It does expand the role of the pediatrician quite a bit. He or she can be like the gatekeeper. Yes. And I remember when I started in this field, I would give talks to groups of pediatricians, you know, to tell them what autism was and what to look for. And most of these pediatricians, if not all, had never heard of autism. Nowadays, I speak to groups of pediatricians. They all know what autism is. Almost all of them have at least one, often more, um, autism cases in their practice. 
and are very sophisticated about it. If you're just joining us, this is the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM, Channel 233. I'm your host, Dr. Shira Johnson. We have the pleasure of speaking to Dr. Laura Schreibman, Distinguished Professor of Psychology and Director of the Autism Research Program at the University of California, San Diego. Dr. Schreibman, can you tell us how do parents and educators manage to cut through all the information out there to find the effective treatments? Because with the advent of the Internet, there's a lot of information, and a lot of physicians themselves may not be educated. It's a big problem, and you try, as a professional, you try to keep them focused on information that we have that's scientifically based about what kinds of treatments are effective. And you also have to, to have them be flexible in terms of, okay, we're going to try this behavioral treatment, and if it looks like we're not having much of an effect, we're going to try a different behavioral treatment. So that don't put all your eggs in one basket and be willing and flexible to change if the kinds of improvements that you hope to see aren't happening. I also think that they need to be educated, as I said, about what the bogus treatments are, what the snake oil is out there, so that they can avoid that. But it's difficult, and sometimes you have to walk this fine line between making sure the parents are realistic about what they expect from their child to not being too discouraging because you don't want the parents to give up. So if you're a professional and you're working with these families, it's a lot you have to do. There's a lot you have to do. You have to work on that, making sure they're realistic, but making sure they're hopeful, and also making sure that they know These are the kinds of treatments that we know have been proven to be effective and avoid these these other. You have to do the same thing with physicians. You know, you have they have to be educated as well. But I don't have a a real good pat answer because there isn't one. It's absolutely horrible how much these parents have to deal with and how much they have to filter through that's out there. And that's what I was thinking. Books like the one that you wrote and programs like this in a small way can help contribute to the education of physicians as well as educators and others. Right. Now, when some of these patients, I hear you say that the most effective treatment uh, may be behavioral, but how challenging is it to carry that out if the autism is presenting in a very severe fashion, and is it still effective? The only effective treatment that has by effective, I mean, has been scientifically demonstrated to be effective, is treatment based on a behavioral model. I mean, that's the fact. There are different specific types of behavioral treatment. They're all pretty much based on the same learning model. But it can be difficult, yes. There's no easy answer to autism. And some of this treatment can take years, and we involve the parents. The parents need to know how to, to do it. We train parents. We train siblings. We train grandparents. And the earlier types of behavioral treatment which we call discrete trial training, which is a highly repetitive, structured kind of treatment, that has sort of given way in many instances to more naturalistic behavioral treatment that involves more naturalistic um, interactions, and it seems to be easier for parents to implement, easier for them to learn. But again, they have to do it all the time. There really isn't any downtime, and that's tragic, but that's the situation. So it can be difficult, but we've trained parents for years and years and years and found that they can learn it and they can be outstanding therapists for their kids. Here's the challenging question. What is the best advice that you could give to parents of autistic children from all your years of experience and the research that you've done? The best advice I can give them is pay attention to the science. 
don't accept everything that you're told. Don't accept every bit of advice that you're given on the Internet or by a parent group or by your best friend. What you need to do is to talk to professionals who are aware of what the science shows because the science has been the only way we've advanced in the field of autism. And if you don't pay attention to the science, you're very susceptible to going down some wrong paths. And we've been down some pretty tragically wrong paths in the past with this disorder. So be critical. Critically evaluate what you're told. If you're told, you know, you should do this with your child, say why, what's the evidence that this is going to be helpful? Our guest today has been Dr. Laura Schreiben, Distinguished Professor of Psychology and Director of the Autism Research Program at the University of California, San Diego. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Schreiben. Thank you very much. This has been the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for today's medical professional. There's another great segment coming up. Please stay tuned. <laughs>